Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. You know, Tom, as I was uh, listening to that song, that's an old song from Paul Hardcastle from about 1986 or so. I remember it as a teen. And um, I was thinking, could we be looking at a draft in America? Now, America seems to have a hard-on for going to war. And right now we're using the Ukrainians uh, to fight our proxy war with the Russians and uh According to, I think it was Colonel MacArthur. Colonel McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Did you see that? He said uh, they're just getting slaughtered over there, the Ukrainians. Yeah, it's about seven Ukrainians dead for every one one Russian. Russia's bleeding them out. Just took over, was it Bakhmut? Bakhmut, yes. And uh, there is footage coming where... Ukraine is so desperate for new conscripts are literally going up to the university just pulling people out of the classrooms, <laughs> conscripting them. Sort of like I think they used to do back in medieval times, just go to a city and grab all the uh, able young men. And uh, one guy protests, and then the, the one of the soldiers said, we're coming for you next. 
That was the, that's what I heard. But I got to thinking. Um, there's an announcement today that uh, on Redacted that it looks like America is going to be going back into Iraq and setting up a, a second base. And so here's my question. Mm. If, if we're really dead set, uh, that is the current administration, on going to war with uh, Russia and maybe China too, we don't have enough men to fight these wars. Uh, I know I hear nobody talking about it, but I think maybe we should. I think that uh, we could see a draft in America. And if we thought what is being done is bad enough on the home front, wait till they start grabbing up young kids and sending them over the front. They're going to take your daughters too now, folks. Everybody's eligible. Homosexual children too. They're going to take them all and probably send them over as cannon fodder. What do you say? I pray that doesn't happen. I agree. I, I pray that that Supreme Court case that they just took will reverse that the election in 2020 and clean these people out. That's the one hope this country has right now. And unfortunately, I don't think Pres- President Trump can get back there in time. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Welcome back, Tom. Everybody, we're excited to be here with the professor, Professor Tom Mack. Tom, you want to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach, we just come before you right now. And we ask that the words I say be your words, and that I would show people the truth today, that they would see the light and not the darkness of the world. We just thank you for this time and for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. The you know, is my when mind. we get Major Baird back, we've got to ask him some of these questions. And hopefully I'll talk to him here in another couple of weeks and he'll start coming out in on these Fridays too. And we'll, because, you know, there's, I think we're piling up a lot of questions to ask him. And he's probably the one that knows these answers because he's been in the administrative part of the Army and knows how these things work. And one of the things about the Army, some people say, well, things change. Not that much. The basic structure of the Army is still the same as it was back in the Civil War. The only thing we've done is we've automated a few more things. In World War One and World War Two, we had the typewriter, and and then in Vietnam we started to have computers, not very good computers, but enough that some manual tasks could be eliminated and switched over there but by the time we got to the Gulf War we had decent computers and we could literally monitor enemy movements that way but now for the first time if we're going to play around with the Russians they're equal technologically to what we are in fact they're ahead in a number of things 
they're ahead because they have a hypersonic missile and we don't. Now, supposedly, there's supposed to be a weakness in that hypersonic missile, but I'm not holding my hopes because, you know, yeah, they just send a couple experimental ones over. What's going to happen if they send a thousand at once? We saw in World War II how they fired missiles at the Germans. And I could dig up some documentaries and show you some of their nasty Katusha missiles that they had. And they just they just kept firing them. But the unfortunate thing was for the Russians was early in the war, they didn't have a lot of them. But they were smart enough to start setting up factories on the eastern side of the Ural Mountains where the German bombers couldn't reach them. And suddenly they started making them like crazy, just like they're doing now. They're making these rockets faster than anyone can imagine. And we don't have the capacity over here. I've heard stories that we've lost our ability to put a man on the moon. I don't know that I believe that, because I, I could pretty much reconstruct everything. And if I can, there's people a lot more capable than me that can do it a lot quicker. But it's still, we're in a lot of trouble. And we got to pray right now. You know, Paul told us that we needed to pray for our country. But that just doesn't seem to be something we do very often. And especially today, a lot of people are celebrating first fruits today, or not first fruits, Pentecost today. And this would be an excellent day to do that. Because, you know, a lot of Messianic believers, this is a day of rest for them. And so. So because it's a day of rest, we, we need to be stopping all our busy work, and we need to start praying. And that's something we're not very good at. One of the reasons I think America was saved back in the late 70s, early 80s, was because there was a lot of little old lady prayer warriors in prayer closets, spurred on by... Men like Wynne Worley, Norman Parrish, Charles Holtzhammer, and I couldn't give a litany of names, but they were spurring people on to pray. Unfortunately, all these men are dead now. And we don't have anybody that's really been able to stand in the gap other than this program. Now, there's a few others, but... You've been staying on more consistently than anybody else. And we need to pray, 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 and then attack, attack, attack. Yes, I'm sounding like Wynn Worley, but yeah, I need to. Because this is something that we're not doing. So... Shannon? Amen. No, you're exactly right, Brother Tom. We're in some serious trouble. 
and we have lost many of the uh, the pioneers, the generals. They're no longer with us. Lord called them home. Mm-hmm. They outlived us, and I uh, I think about more every day about if the Lord tarries, uh, who's going to be left, and what are we going to do with the the youth? Who's going to reach and train them? Now, I think this thing could be winding down uh, inside 10 years or less. Um, it could go really quick. Of course, we know if, if we could identify when the tribulation starts, well, we got uh, we can count the days almost. But I don't know. I don't hold the clock. Well, I just the secret that. is in Genesis 1, verses 14 and 15. There are sky, sci, or signs in the skies. I'm getting tongue twisted there. And what we need to learn to do is realize that our Heavenly Father has given us some signs. And, you know, we've all written it all off as astrology, which some of it is. But there is a place for looking at the sky because our Heavenly Father told us to. Right at the beginning of Genesis, he told us to do that. Told us to do that other places too. But right there in his law, in the very first chapter, he tells us that we need to look at the signs in the sky. And we haven't done a very good job of that. Now, some people, and I'm not going to talk about it today. We have other things to discuss that are a little more pressing. But there are people out there that have discussed some of these things in the sky. And one person had the tribulation starting in September of, what, 2017. And boy, we're in the mess of it. And I just pray that we can get this Ukraine war settled and they're going to have to settle for a bump state right now. They better just realize that Russia, they can't do anything about what Russia's doing because Russia's only for the most part using the private soldiers to fight their war. That Wagner group is a is a private army just like we use Blackstone I remember Hal Burton had this security outfit called Blackstone well Hal Burton had to sell them off and spin them off into their own company but unfortunately most that's where most of the good soldiers go is into that outfit and I think that's happened with the Russians a lot of their good soldiers go go play for Wagner because they get more money just like baseball players switch teams because they get paid more or football players mercenaries right yeah pretty much and as you well know a mercenary when they go to battle they are not protected by the Geneva Convention that's something Colonel McGregor made very clear the other day and I'm afraid that's what we're sending over to Ukraine, our mercenaries. We're paying people to go over there and paying them a lot of money. But that's the problem. 
we're throwing around money like it's water. And unfortunately, you can only do that for so long before suddenly your monetary system is so inflated it collapses. You know, when you have a nation who has nuclear weapons going up against a nation that does not, well, uh, in all likelihood, they're going to use ground troops like Russia's used against Ukraine. But if two nuclear-powered nations go up against each other, they're probably going to go right to the nukes. because if Actually, the Russians don't have to. If you're going up against another nation like America, when it's really Russia against America, um, and you were to use ground troops, and let's say you're losing, um, you're not going to keep taking losses. You're going to pull the nukes out. So knowing that your opponent is ultimately going to use nukes, you might as well use them in the beginning is my point. What's the point in not using nukes if both countries have nukes? Well, let me explain something to you. Russia has electromagnetic pulse weapons that are farther along than ours are. They can come over this country and it takes about two or three of those weapons and you can take out the entire electric grid of the United States. Wow. And, you know, I have... If you go to liveontheedge.com and you go to last year's videos, one of them that I put up on there, and everybody needs to watch it, is Lieutenant Colonel Bearden's explanation on EMF. And he did this in 1988 because he's no longer with us either. EMP, right? But he had, yes, he was talking about EMP in 1988. Well, that's when Al Cuppet started talking to me about about EMP. It was in 1988. And I never heard of it. And then he referred me to Colonel Bearden. I looked up his stuff, and it was a lot harder to do in those days because we didn't have an internet. And... And I had to go to a college library and start start do, putting out a lot of requests. And finally, I got what I needed. But, you know, then there was no computers doing video. The only people that knew how to do video on computers back in, back in the late 80s was the porn site, or the porn people. That's sad. But that's what our country's become. You're right. We are living in a, a time of um, you'd get your latest updates through ma- industry magazines or go to get on a microfish reader uh, or look for ads in the back of um, the newspapers. But yeah, a lot of people uh, don't realize how hard it was to get access to this information. Um, but um, you bring up an excellent point. What about, uh, in addition to EMP, what about these Scalar weapons that uh, Prophecy Club used to talk about? And Jerome Corsi, I think, uh, highlighted. Yes. Uh, Jerome Corsi talked about them. Ben Parton talked about them. Oh, there's another. Al's talked about them. But, you know, all of these guys are dead now. 
You know, yeah. Tom, I think that really says something about Putin. Now, if I were trying to get in the brain of Putin, first question I'd be asking is, uh, he's got these superior weapons, and we know Russia has had a long-term plan for uh, taking out America, as as China, if I recall. Mm-hmm. This guy is exhibiting a lot of restraint because I would fully have expected him to have already attacked. And look, if I knew that my enemy could be literally taken back to the Stone Age by some EMP burst, I would have long ago done it. You better be glad I'm not Putin. Because if I'm going to go up against my enemy, I'm going to cut him off at the knees. And Putin should have, could have done this many times. I mean, it's very clear that uh, America, UK, Poland, and the rest of these countries, by sending over all this armament, okay, and of course uh, this uh, depleted uranium shells that UK just sent over, and now we pledged to send F-16s, although it may take a year and a half to get them over there. And of course, <laughs> Russia is taking them out as soon as they get on the ground. We know this too. But the very fact that a country is sending armament for the sole purpose of killing you and your men. How is that not a declared an, uh, an act, uh, a declared act of war? Why hasn't Russia already hit us and dropped some nukes? They've got more nukes than anybody else. What's your thought on this? Why is he uh, holding back? Holding back, restrained as much okay. as he has. First thing you have to understand about the Russian mind, they're chess players. They're not poker players like we are in the United States. You know, we we play poker, and we get a hand. We play that hand. If it's a terrible hand, we throw it in and wait for the next hand. And we we're very, very short-term in our thinking. We want to get it done yesterday. That isn't how the world works. A chess player, he sees his side of the board, he sees the other side. And he starts moving, the other guy moves. And he's planning out how he's going to, for example, get the other guy's queen. How he's going to take out the the knights. Because the knights move weirdly. and And if you you're not careful, those knights can fork you and you end up losing a lot of pieces that way. So you have to realize chess is a very complex game and that's how the Russian mind thinks when they solve problems. They realize that going in there, wham, bang, smash isn't going to get them what they want. What they want and what China wants is they want this farmland in the United States because they got a lot of people to feed and their land is so depleted because unfortunately, thanks to the British, they started using the agriculture of cane. And when you use the agriculture of cane, it's going to take about 30 years for your ground to be depleted. And there's very little that you can do to get it back once it's depleted. We saw this in Egypt in the Bible. Go read Genesis 44 to 50. 
you'll see where they had seven good years, where they had killer crops. But then you had the seven years of famine. Why did they have seven years of famine? Because they were using the methods of Cain to do their agriculture, and Joseph knew it. Because Joseph knew the right way. And I think what happened is after that seven years of famine passed, they were all ears as to what Joseph could teach him. A lot of Egyptians didn't like Joseph, but they were smart enough to understand that he knew some things they didn't. And that they were going to have to pay the price to learn these things. That's why Egyptian cotton is still demanded more than any other cotton anywhere in the world. And you pay a major premium to get it. And it's better than anybody else's. Even here in the United States, what happened in the Depression we suddenly had dust poles because we did not take care of our land. We just threw seeds in the ground and they grew. We picked it and off we went. We didn't know anything about rotating our crops so that one set of crops would re replete the ground that the next set of crops would take. And then you go to the first crop and you keep rotating back and forth to get the desired food that you wanted but now we've quit doing that even here in the United States and that's something that we need to learn again we've got to stop with this GMO stuff we've got to stop with the hybridization because those are just another manifestation of Cain's technology and where did we see Cain recently? Go look at the, the official invite or the invitation to the to the to Prince Charles's coronation. On the bottom of that you see the green man, one of the manifestations of Cain. And it's, it's a very, very interesting manifestation because it says to the world, this is an Antichrist system approved man. Because I still believe Antichrist is an AI system that they've been trying to create. China has one, Google has one, several other Companies have them too. If you want to see the manifestation of a AI system and a war between them, dig out the old series on CBS, Person of Interest. You know, we saw that. It, and it was a very interestingly developed series because they started with just, here's this AI and you can use it to predict what people were going to do. And when you could see that one person was going to murder another, guess what? This AI would give them the social security number. And then they'd have to figure out what that social security number meant. Was it the person who was going to die? Was it the person who was going to do the killing? 
or was it going to be somebody who had a, was a major player in all this? And so you go the first couple of seasons, they play that out. But by the third season, we started to see a second AI appear. And suddenly you had two AIs warring against each other. And that's what we're going to see very, very soon. is two AIs actually warring against each other. Right now, they're very careful in their movements. But the thing that most people don't understand about an AI, there's two basic components of an AI. The knowledge base, which basically they've tried to put every piece of knowledge humanity's ever developed into this into this system and then they have what's called an inference engine and this inference engine is what takes that information and turns it into actionable intelligence that you can use it could use this inference engine to tell you where they're going to attack next but here's the thing the other side has this too, and they can create, and they can figure out where we're going to attack next. So we're seeing, we're seeing two AIs going to war, maybe three, because I'm sure the Russians have developed one, but they know how to be closed lips, lift, and they don't tell us these things. So everybody thinks they have the best system. We're seeing a capitalist version in Google. We're seeing a communist version in China. And it's hard to define what Russia really is these days because they have totally thrown off their communist past. Putin is building 10 churches a day in Russia and he is so devout an Eastern Orthodox Russian Orthodox member that he attends mass every day he's very devout that's why you don't see LGBT in Russia because he won't permit it and honestly Whoever would replace him is not going to permit it either. Because Russia's done with the Boris Yeltsin types. So, well, we sort of got a place where I didn't think we'd go today. but Well, uh, at this point, you can switch gears if you want. The time is yours. If you join us, you're live with Tom Mack. Over to you, wherever you want to go. Okay. Well, I guess what we can do just to sort of go through. One of the things that people don't realize is behind all this, and even behind behind the Russians, Chinese, the United States, NATO, all these things are 13 Illuminati families. But... The administrators of those 13 
13 families are the Merovingians. Why are the Merovingians the administrators? Because they are descendants of King Solomon with one major change. These descendants called the Merovingians. We've talked about them last week. They have had their genes changed and they became, they have a little bit of Nephilim put into them. That's why you see all the reptilian things. That doesn't happen in all of them, just in some of them. And I would refer you to David Icke if you want to study that. I sometimes agree with him, sometimes I don't. But the thing to understand is the Merovingians give us the ten royal families who are the ones that the Bible says we need to be concerned about. But of these ten royal families, only seven actually have any viable power. And on my PowerPoint, I have a little thing about the creation of them. We read the scriptures last week. I'll review them quickly today. Daniel 7.24 And the ten horns are ten kings. Same as what it says in Revelation 17.12 and 13. The ten kings. But then there will be another one that will arise and take out three of them. And so what we have to think about is we have seven operational royal families. And let's identify them. In fact, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but I would suggest you pull down the PowerPoints. I sent put the links up in Mixler. And if you like, after the show, I'll put I'll put the links to these PowerPoint or to the YouTube videos I'm talking about. They're actually in the PowerPoint I've uploaded. But I will put the links to these videos just so you don't have to go to the trouble of downloading two or three things to get to them. But here's one warning about the seven royal families and their protective squadron. Let's see if we can hear this. In fact, you know, let's... Can you hear it? No, sir. Nothing coming through. Just your voice. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest people download these two, two videos and watch them a few times. Listen carefully to what these gentlemen have to say because we're starting to see. This is why it's more complicated than the media wants to tell us. Last week I also went through the 13 
Illuminati families. The most noticeable ones we see are the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and the Merovingians. The Rothschilds and the Rockefellers control the money, but now they're having a little problem because the Russians have found a way around the money trap that the Rockefellers created. That's why it's getting interesting. But the key one in all of this is the Merovingians. They are the royal family. These are the ones that have the Nephilim blood. When they ruled in the Dark Ages after Rome fell, they grew their hair long because they felt that that long hair gave them power. And indeed it did. Because when a king would, when the Carolingian kings captured these Merovingian kings, the first thing they did was cut all their hair because it seemed to take away all their power. And the Carolingians, in fact, let me say one other thing. Some people say that Donald Trump is from Merovingian blood. I haven't seen enough evidence to convince me, but I just want to bring that argument even though I don't necessarily subscribe to it. But what we have is we have Solomon. We have Jeconiah, his eventual descendant. Now, why do I mention Jeconiah? Well, if you go to Jeremiah 20 and 23, you will find a curse on the house of Jeconiah that they will never sit on the throne of Israel again because of their wickedness and their idolatry. And again, that's one of the things the seven royal families work on, is they work on materialism, which is their God. And look at how much stuff they collect. You look at the House of Windsor. All the, all the resources they own something like 12 castles million acres plus they have connections into a lot of British business Royal Dutch Shell for example one of the largest oil companies in the world British Petroleum which as you might remember one of their platforms blew down a few years ago and that left them, oh gee whiz, we've just messed up a whole bunch of the Atlantic Ocean with our contamination because we were careless. And now they're paying for it. But then, what did I do? I identified this seven royal families. And the Windsors is right at the top of the list followed by the House of Bourbon and a couple of people called me and said the Bourbon family and the Bonaparte family are related so we need to put them together we have the House of Habsburg in Austria the House of Bernadotte in Sweden 
the House of Orange in the Netherlands. And I should note that after the Great Revolution of 1688 in England, they ruled in England for a while. Then we have the House of Vet, which still rules Belgium, but they've ruled Poland many times, and they've ruled other Eastern European countries. Then we have the seventh royal family. I call them the German families because there's literally four families. One of them has a rule. The House of Oldenburg rules in Denmark and they rule in Norway. But the main house you want to concern yourself with is the House of Hohenzollern. They're out of Bavaria and Prussia. The last German Kaisers were from this house. Wilhelm I and Wilhelm II. The second house is the House of Cronenberg, which we saw featured in the TV show Grimm as representing the seven houses. Though later on, they did bring in a, a, a prince with a British accent who was supposed to get rid of our hero. Well, the hero got rid of him. But the interesting thing is there are a lot of them. And then we have the House of Wittelsbach. Most would say, yeah, they're sort of out of the picture. But no, they still have a lot of power in northern Germany. In fact, my family, part of it comes from Hesse. And they ruled. That that was one of the duchies they ruled. Was Hesse. And then, of course, we have the House of Hanover, which is now extinct. And the House of Nassau. You ever wondered why you go to the Virgin Islands, you go to the capital, and the capital's name is Nassau? Well, it's because the Virgin Islands at one time, they were a German. They, a German state held them. But the the Danes took it over as these things sometimes change and then of course you have the house of vet which is sort of the house over the house of Windsor because they're old they're older family so but in any case we study these because we don't know which one of these one of these families is going to emerge as the top German family. I have a lot of doubts as to why. And well, I guess we can work a little history in before we go on. We have to remember that the Rothschilds, though, control the banking in Europe, in Africa, and in Asia. They still do, for that matter, just they're a little bit, they're a little bit behind the scenes because they realize the less press they do, the more they can do. 
but you still have Edmund Rothschild in Germany, and he's very, very powerful. And I think he's out of Frankfurt, but don't quote me. We may have to ask your friend Mr. Cooper about that one. But the interesting thing is their connection into the United States was through an outfit called the Union Banking Corporation. And who founded the Union Banking Corporation? Prescott Bush, the grandfather of George W. Bush and the father of George H.W. Bush. But the real secret is the fact that George H.W. and George W. were adopted by Prescott Bush. They're German. They legally, or at least George H.W., there's evidence now that he wasn't even born in the United States. So he wasn't legal to be president any more than Barack Obama was. But this Union Banking Corporation, they were owned, or they, a Dutch bank, Bankour, Handel, and Shepfart. They owned a considerable amount of the stock in Union Banking Corporation. They also owned another thing. They had they had the United Steelworks in Nazi Germany. And through this bank in Holland, Union Bank was financing United Steelworks in Nazi Germany. And United Steelworks was owned by the Tyson brothers. And if you look in the background of this PowerPoint I have, this is a picture I took myself with my cell phone. And then I enlarged it a bit because I didn't get that close to the truck. But you saw there a company called Thyssen Krupp. And I'm asking myself, what is Thyssen Krupp doing in Trinidad, Colorado? And then I realized they were, they were over by the courthouse. And the courthouse is one of three places in Trinidad, Colorado that has elevators. What's a German company doing building an elevator in Trinidad, Colorado, Las Animas County? That's a question I'm still trying to get answered. But Thyssen Krupp is one of the largest conglomerates in the world. But Union Banking Corporation got in the trouble. They they were cited under the Trading with the Enemy Act that was passed in World War II. And so they ended up getting, getting liquidated by the U.S. government. But that didn't stop Prescott Bush. He went on to be senator from Connecticut for six years. And then he had enough money still that he could get his son into the CIA. Of 
course, nobody wants to admit it, but then we have this picture at the Kennedy assassination. And sure enough, there's one picture that just got released, thanks to President Trump, of George H.W. Bush holding a walkie-talkie at the Kennedy assassination. Wow. He was standing on Elm Street. That picture is on my BibleCodes.co website. So, this, that's one of the reasons, and, and somebody the other day said they had talked to President Trump about why didn't he release all the rest of the Kennedy, Kennedy files, and according to him, Trump told him that, that they were too explosive. And that it would tear this nation apart. Honestly, I think, President Trump, you should have just released them and let the chips fall where they may. Absolutely, man. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. We've been lied to our whole lives. The history we've been taught is worthless compared to the real history that happened and continues to be suppressed. And you know, I'm not going to take too much here. I want to give it back to you. But I heard that DeSantis, who's uh, getting ready to declare, run for president. He just declared. Okay. He just he, declared yesterday. Did he do it on Twitter with Elon Musk? I don't know where he did it. That's where he was but what to I, doing it. What bothered me the most is one of the people endorsing him in that initial video was Jeb Bush. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that made me not trust him immediately. The point I was getting at is the question was asked him, uh, if you were elected president, would you pardon President Trump? And also, what about the um, all the January 6th people that I don't think are guilty of anything, but they're being charged as insurrectionists? And uh, I think his statement on the January 6th group is he would look into it. Well, that doesn't give me any warm and comfy feeling. He would do anything. I don't know if he's just talker when he got to that level. Now, he's doing a great job as uh, governor of, of Florida, clearly. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Tom, do you think we can really trust any of these people? I mean, look, as much as I wanted Trump to be the guy to fix these problems and he was not still he has warp speed on his hands he's never renounced that what do you think that's you know a lot of people had a lot of hope with this guy that he wasn't part of the Washington elite but unfortunately he has a problem too and that's he still banks with the bank, with all the New York banks, just like everybody else. And where he doesn't bank in New York, he's probably banking in Switzerland, where the Rothschilds have eventual control. And Eventually, he's going to have to do what they say. All these people will. Isn't it pretty evident to all of us who have looked into the matter, and I'm sure more have than just us, 
that uh, Pelosi and the Democrats and the FBI uh, who recently admitted that they had their people up there probably dressed as a MAGA folk uh, yeah. actually pulled that whole thing and then what about the 40,000 hours of video footage I think the agent provocateurs were our own FBI and the Democratic Party and everything that they do they continue to blame on Trump and Russia collusion. Of course they do. They commit the crimes and then they blame it on the Patriots. What's going on here? And just the other day, we heard Biden say, and he sounds crazy for saying it, the biggest problem in our country is white supremacists. Well, Joe, based upon what? based upon what? A few little neo-Nazis running around here that maybe do a protest twice a year? I don't think so. I don't but even he can't think, tell the truth. I don't He's even never think been he good at that. knows his own birth date. Come on. The guy is not running the show. No, he isn't. Who do you think it is? Are Susan the, Rice and Obama? No, they're taking orders too. Oh. Honestly, I think they're getting their orders straight out of Europe. They're getting their orders straight from Claus Schwab, who's getting his orders from the royal families. We're getting their orders from the Rothschilds. Wow. And the Rockefellers. This is probably. not something that's real simple, and I'm sorry we can't just come down to some real simple thing who's running it because it's not quite that easy they've compartmentalized things so much that you can't find out who's really running things because you can't figure out who's giving the orders well let me ask you one question the Federal Reserve uh, do you know who the members of that corporation are a corporation that is said to not even exist in America. No one has been able to find its incorporation document. So where is it incorporated and who okay. are the members? That's real simple. One of the things people don't realize is Congress has the power to form corporations. So they didn't go to some state and file articles of incorporation, which is something I've done many, many times in many states. But Initially, and before, what, 1880, the only way you could form a corporation was you had to petition Congress to allow you to form a corporation. Some of our oldest corporations were formed that way. You go back and you try to find the standard oil companies of the Rockefellers. You won't find a state of incorporation because they were incorporated by Congress. Same thing with the Federal Reserve Bank. They were incorporated December 22nd, 1913 by Act of Congress. They're looking for the wrong document. And that's why these guys lose, lose out, is they don't understand the law. 
and they don't understand the history of corporate law in this in this country. Okay, I'd give you that, but then who are the who makes up the corporate board? Who owns it? Because if we know who owns it, that's who's getting paid five or six percent uh, interest okay. for every dollar they print. Okay. Basically, for the public's sake, the Federal Reserve Board is ruled by a board of governors of the 12 banks. But behind the scenes, it is the large New York banks controlled by the Rockefellers that control or that control the stock of the Federal Reserve. When I used to go around as a bank auditor in Iowa, when I was young, I would talk to some of these bankers as I was auditing them. Wow. And I would I would notice on their books that they had no stock in the Federal Reserve Bank. And I ask, would ask them about that once in a while. And without exception, everyone said, we don't want anything to do with that crooked outfit. We do not want anything to do with it. Because if we're part of it, they control us. And we would rather have the state of Iowa control us. Thank you. Amazing. But uh, agreed that it is a private corporation made up yes, of... Yes, it is. Um, it's not federal. Well, that's a misnomer, just like Federal, federal Express is a misnomer. So There's nothing federal about Federal Express. Did you ever see... Yeah, the, if I want to get something somewhere quickly, they're the first person <laughs> I call. Did you ever see the documentary by Anthony J. Hilder called Frankenfed? Oh, long time ago. It's one of those things in deep storage. Oh, yeah. But it's, uh, it's as uh, applicable today as anything when we're, we're here in the Federal Reserve getting ready to create their own digital money. They've already created it. They're just phasing it in now. The Fed line. Uh, the CBDC. And once again, uh, something else that uh, is one of the most crooked things that we're facing today. A privately owned corporation, probably owned by the top banks in the world, probably for some foreign citizens as well. And they're controlling the money. It's their money. We use it as legal tender, and we're in debt to them. Why Why has this not been overturned? Surely there's somebody up there. I mean, even Rand Paul, not one person is willing to bring up this issue again. This is one of the biggest offenses we've got in this nation. Unfair weights and balances, an abomination to God. Which is why this nation is under judgment of one of many. We murder you our know, children. Unfair weights and balances. Yeah. What else? Uh, homosexuality. Brother, I don't know how we can get a reprieve in this nation. How far are we from uh, Dimitri Dudeman? Prophecy not very far. Not, not very far. As I say, we're playing this Ukraine game just a little bit too close to the wire. And when you trip that tip wire, trip wire, you get an explosion. And that's what's about to happen. 
and I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, Redacted is reporting that uh, we're going back into Iraq to build a new base over there. Uh, you know, weren't we supposed to be pulling out of there for good? Well, that was President Trump's thing. You know, for him, we got the oil we wanted. Let's just leave and put an end to this. Did we get the oil or did France get the oil? Well, that's just it. We ended up giving a lot of it to the Europeans because from time to time there are shortages when the Russians have problems with their pipeline. I say and now, of course, front. we've created a we've created a problem when we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Sure, we did. And now we've got to come up with a way to to make up that oil. So well, that's probably one of the good reasons why we're going back to Iraq. Yeah, that's the second. We need phase. that oil, of course. Now, do you think Russia is going to stand by and let us take it? Ah. That's a good question. And normally I'd say if I was thinking like Putin, yeah, I would do something about it. But the thing to remember is even though the Russian economy is going great guns right now, there's still a lot of problems and a lot of poverty in Russia. And Putin is still one that he takes care of his own people first. That's why he went into Ukraine. It's because a lot of Russian-speaking people live in in eastern Ukraine and Putin just wasn't going to stand by and let them get massacred by the Ukrainians so that's why they had to step in and deal with it but normally you know people have misquoted Putin many times he does refer to the old Russian Empire but you don't see in him that major desire to get it back because it created a lot of problems in Russia because Eastern Europe sucks blood from everybody that's ever a part of it and I'm not making jokes about Dracula who according to some people is an ancestor of Prince Charles I would have to see the I would have to see the genealogy before I believe it but some people are saying that but in any case we still Putin is not one of those guys that's going to run in there and deal with stuff if he does decide he's going to go into Iraq he still has the remembrance of how badly things went in Afghanistan and he's not about to go there so I think he's more willing to let Iraq bleed us some more what do you think about uh, the possibility that God himself is restraining Putin I don't think our Heavenly Father has to restrain him at all. He has a good sense that if you take over a place, you got to take care of it. And he doesn't have the resources to do it. 
So, I don't think it's our Heavenly Father. I think it's the fact that this man has some good common sense. And that he's, like I say, he's only into Ukraine because of the Russian-speaking people there. How can we stop, it's, though, a missile just like Henry Groover saw? We firing, can't. Firing a, uh, I mean, a submarine firing a missile... EMP burst, knocking out our power grid. The whole country is crippled. Elon Musk goes bankrupt because no one can use his cars anymore, by the way. Uh, that's why you don't want an electric car. But nothing's going to work. Everything goes our, back. N not just the electric cars, most every car, because there's a lot of electronic components. Right. On most of these cars, starting with 1972, I think it is. We're all driving Don't bicycles. Don't quote me. I would like to have a mechanic tell me. There's got to be some old-time mechanics around here that could tell me. Well, and how far and Unfortunately, my father isn't alive to explain it to me either. Imagine you got the only truck that's working, and everybody else is stranded, and somebody will block you and take it over and commandeer it. I mean, you know, it's, it's worthless when the whole country is shut down. Uh, we're living like the Amish. America's over with. Well, I don't know why they don't go and do it. I would. Well, you got to understand. You're a poker player. Putin's a chess player. <laughs> They're great at chess, too, aren't they? The chess masters. Oh, my gosh. You know, the Russians often are world champions. And everybody thought old Bobby Fischer was great because he finally beat Boris Batsky. But then we found out that Fischer was a white supremacist, so suddenly nobody wanted to be his friend. And he's not been invited to any chess tournaments recently. But again, when you start getting to a certain age... Yeah, you're a chess master, but the pressure of playing 30-some games in a couple of days is very hard on you. You get very drained mentally, and that's why only the young can do it. And But the Russians often have the best chess players in the world. And, you know, they've had a lot of wars in their history. And we keep forgetting that the Russians lost more people in Stalingrad than the United States, Great Britain, and France lost in the entire of World War II. It's a big country. They can give a, they can give a lot. And the best thing we can do is work with them. That was one thing President Trump was trying to do, is he was trying to work with them. He had started to get a pretty good relationship with Vladimir Putin, and they were going to do some things together. But suddenly, suddenly we had a fraudulent election. And I honestly think... Trump would have probably welcomed a little help from the SVR. Of course, he wasn't going to ever ask for it. But I got a feeling 
the SVR is going to get involved in 2024, whether the candidates like it or not. And I hate to say it, but and I'm not a Russian lover. I actually, when I was in the Army, I actually studied the Russian problem. And I knew what, how treacherous they could get. Won't go into a lot of details, I just know. But what we have to understand is it's in their interest for us to have a clean election. But it's not in the interests of the royal families for us to have a clean election. They want to pick the president. And they want to be the ones pulling the strings. Maybe with that, oh, I see we've really run over. I hope you don't have another program after this. No, this is it. This is uh, number six of six today. Oh, okay. Then I'm not <laughs> not going to feel so bad. I'm but, on. I'm on your time. Okay. But I have an, another appointment here in a little bit. So well, let's um, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Um, any final comments? And I want you to give out your contact information. Okay. You can email me at tom.mac at whitestonefoundation.org. I'm interested in questions, comments. I would like a mechanic to explain to me the when they start putting the electronics in cars. I would really like an explanation of that because... I've just basically forgotten most of that, and the people that I would call on who might know those answers are all dead now. I heard it was like um, you need like pre seventy four, but something uh, like that. I will say this: uh, Stan Johnson, the Prophecy Club, and also Stan Deo. Stan Deo, who was uh, actually part of the design. Yeah, he lives up here in Pueblo. They've got a device that they're promoting that uh, basically. Um, it will stop the powers, the EMP burst, from destroying your components and you hardwire it into your car. Mm. Whatever the term is, I don't know, it's not a Faraday box, but um, they have designed something to protect your car and uh, it hits the device and burns it out, but it doesn't make it out to your uh, your circuitry. So they'd want to, so they would propose using a Faraday cage. Whatever the technical term for it is, uh, it's not very yeah, expensive. Yeah, that's the technical term. It's a few hundred this dollars. This is another one where I wish we'd gotten Olaf Hagee on your program. Oh, yeah, I forgot He could have explained all this. He could have explained what a Faraday cage is in considerable detail, and you would understand when he's done just what a Faraday cage is. He was quite the science person. But anything, uh, it's, it's a shield, Gill's right, yeah, some kind of a EMP shield device. But uh, all cars today are, are vulnerable to it, and you would need something minimum like that. I was surprised that they've devised a way uh, to protect the car, but um, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but to say that. Well, yeah, and I just, I would like to have, if someone could explain that history, I would really appreciate it to find me a website. Yes. And, but it's tom.mac at whitestonefoundation.org. My main website, which I'm in the process of redoing, is whitestonefoundation.org. 
also have BibleCodes.co. We've got AliveOnTheEdge.com. That's Major Baird's site. And even if he were here, maybe he could answer some of these questions because, you know, he went to Michigan State and he did a lot of technical studies that I didn't. It's just interesting that we ended up getting our MBAs and very, very similar studies. That's why he knows a lot about computers and so do I. But live on the edge. And we have a lot of our materials there. Go to the 2022 page. In fact, I'll tell you what, when we get done with this program, it'll probably be later today. But I will put I will put Colonel Bearden's talk onto this onto the current page we're on. Because I think people need to understand what EMP is. And Colonel Bearden did the best explanation of it. The man had a master's degree in engineering from Georgia Tech, one of the leading leading engineering schools in the country. Fantastic. And, What's your website? But I will go ahead. So again, whitestonefoundation.org, Alive on the Edge, biblecodes.co. If you want to see that picture of George Bush with a walkie-talkie, it's on the site. Excellent reporting. What do you want to call the broadcast for today? This is our current events one. Okay. You want to call it and current events? I'm going to have to go back and change the website. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the schedule. We're going to, okay, today's the 26th. We're going to see you uh, next Friday, same time? Yes. All right. My friend, you want to close us in prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach, we just come before you. And we intercede for the United States of America right now, for this country. We're in dire straits. We don't even know who's running it right now. But Heavenly Father, we just lose a spirit of truth, a spirit of knowledge, a spirit of understanding to come in to this nation in man. All, all decks on hand and we need to have the lies be exposed and the truth come out and Heavenly Father I remember what you did when you exposed when when were these people exposed Cardinal Cody through spirits of truth and we're asking for it on an even bigger scale today and we just thank you for doing it. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friend. We love and appreciate you. Mean that. Okay, we'll see you next week. See you then. Have a great weekend. Okay, shalom. That was Professor Tom. He's on every week, same time. All right. I'm, uh, I contacted maybe 20 people today. And uh, peop- I went through my... Uh, I went partially through my Rolodex on my phone and uh, I've contacted a lot of people we haven't heard from in a while 
and uh, I've got some of them already booked. So I think it's June's going to be a great month. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'll get the shows updated, and uh, we'll be caught up. Go to OmegaManRadio.com to get links uh, where you can listen and download, etc. If you want to support this program, we are 100% listener-supported. We go by faith. Uh, we go day-to-day. You can do so right there at OmegaManRadio.com. And I want to thank you that have. God richly bless you. Have a great weekend in Jesus' name. Website, OmegaManRadio.com. See you next time. Thank you.